Stand with me, if you will. And we're going to read Psalm 23, and the kids can be dismissed. If you're under 12, okay, ushers have an ID to make sure we don't have our 35-year-olds going out being children's department. I guess that would be okay. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. And by, by, by the way, just, and I, I'm sure you, you could, most of you and a lot of you have seen, the, the, the way we went through prayer is it's just a simple formula for prayer. And it can, be, it can be broken down in acts. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And so I did that intentionally for, for us this morning. Just, you know, so, sometimes it's hard to know how to pray, right? Anybody ever have that, where you don't even know what to say? That, that's a simple formula that allows you to move through prayer. And so that's, that's why we did it in that way. Let's read this together. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, bless us today as we continue in Psalm 23. May we truly be people who are content in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What do you need this morning? What do you need this morning? When you think about your life and what's going on in your life, what do you need this morning? You know, we all have, and before you get too tense thinking, oh, pastors are going to tell me I don't have needs. We all have needs. Amen? Everyone in this room has needs. It's not wrong to have things that you need in your life. It is part of the human condition to have needs. And this is recognized in basic psychology. Anybody remember Maslow? Who remembers Maslow? Three of us, okay. Maslow's Pyramid, let's throw that up there. You know, that the basic is the physiological needs, the, you know, being fed, having air, being warm. Then you have your security and safety. You know, we, we, we need to be secure and safe. We, we need to have love and belonging. We, we need, that the, at the top, you get the self-esteem and self-actualization. That This is something that's recognized in psychology, that we all have needs of some type. Now, I did find a current uh, version of this. We also need Wi-Fi, apparently. We all have needs. Everyone in this room has needs. And we will act to meet those needs. Sometimes it's almost by instinct. So if you hear a loud noise, what do you do? You duck. You know, you react. When you're at a baseball game and they say heads up, you go, so the ball will hit you right in the face. You know, when we hear loud noises react, you know, we have natural things. When you touch something hot, what do you do? 
You know, we have instinct reactions to meet needs. And sometimes we, we do things without even thinking. Everyone in this room needs to breathe, right? How many of you have thought about breathing today, right? <laughs> you know, it's just things that you do. And, and, and honestly, sometimes we even eat without thinking, right? What you, would what'd you have for breakfast? Yell it out. Lucky charms, man. Whose pen did I take, by the way? Almost. I need a better arm. Psalm 23 does not ignore needs. It does not say that that we do not naturally have needs. But Psalm 23 recognizes that our needs are met in God. And so we've been working through this psalm with, with this, even in the midst of being in need, even in the midst of having things that, that we need in our life, we can be complete in God. And so let's say that together again. I am complete in God. Psalm 23 tracks through these needs. And, and I think it's kind of interesting that, that if you look at Psalm 23 and, and the way we've tracked through this, it, it, it kind of tracks through Maslow's Pyramid. It begins with God meets our need for life. And, and we can talk about that in, in the spiritual realm. And I believe in a very real way, that's the most powerful, uh, the most complete way God meets our need for life is this spiritual life that he gives us. This mortal life is passing. James says it's like a vapor and it's gone. And so there's this physical life that is passing, but there is this reality of the spiritual life that God offers. And, and God offers life. But, but even in the midst of our physical life, I want you to know this morning that God is the giver of the physical life as well. Our breath, our air, our water, our food. God is the producer of your food, not Kroger. Now, is it Kroger or Kroger's? I'm just not sure, right? Who calls it Kroger's? Yeah, it's really Kroger, isn't it? Okay. God is the giver of life. It's, you know, God is the one that causes plants to grow and food to grow. God is the giver of all life, physical and spiritual. You can thank God for your lucky charms this morning. I don't know. Maybe God didn't give lucky charms. I'm not sure. God meets our need for security. You know, the the psalmist says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I believe it's a recognition that that no no matter what, there's going to be be things in our life that cause us to have fear. Life is chaotic, right? And there's going to be days that we don't understand and we can't, we're not sure where to turn. And and the psalmist is recognizing that even in this, this life that's sometimes chaotic and messed up, we can stand safe and secure in God because he is right with us. Even in the midst 
of the valley of the shadow of death. His presence, his rod, his staff, they protect us. Then I think about, the scripture says, Paul writes, give thanks for your government because government is given by God to protect you. And so even in this place, I don't see Adam Hicks here this morning, but Adam is, Adam is God's gift to us, right? You know, you're pleased. Don't, don't tell Adam I said that. He'll get the big head. But, but your police officers, your firemen, the, those who serve us, our, our soldiers, are a gift from God to us to give us a level of security and safety and normalcy of life. Aren't you th- I'm thankful for you, Clarence. I'm thankful for what you did. I'm thankful for your service because because of what you did and other guys have done. We have a level of freedom, and that is a gift from God. But there's another primary need of humans, and I believe it's a primary need, and it's the need to belong. We need to belong. You know, interestingly, Maslow includes this need to belong just one step above the need for security and safety. There's, there's food and water and safety, and then we just need to belong. It, it's a fundamental need of every human. I've read and, and heard over the course of my life and, and that newborns, if you don't hold and touch newborns, newborns in orphanages, will not develop in the same way as newborns in, in a normal home. That, that, that innate in the babies is this need to be touched, this need to belong, this need to be a part, this need to feel a human touch. And this need is addressed in Psalm 23. Psalm 23, as we've tracked through it, moves from, from shepherd who feeds to guide, to host. And it says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. And in this part of scripture, you see God acting as the gracious host for David. He says, You prepare a table before me. You know, it was funny Evelyn's funeral, we were talking before, we were talking about how Evelyn was always making sure people was eating. <laughs> they had something to eat. It reminded me of my grandma Moore. My grandma Moore, I, I never could figure it out, but every time I came into her house, she was cooking. You know, what, what was the deal there? That, you know, and it was always, oh, well, you need to eat. Well, I really am not hungry. Oh, but you've got to eat. <laughs> you know, it, even now, my, my mom, for some reason, there's always green beans on the stove. What is the deal with green beans on the stove all the time? And for some reason, it's like my mom can cook green beans better than any human on earth. And they're just, I think it's all the bacon and salt in them. You guys have all experienced people like that, right? That when they're in your, they're, you're in their house, they just feed you till you're stuffed. That is the image that David's given of God. That, that God's just laid this table out before him. And it's just, eat, David. Feel welcome. You belong. This is your table. I want you to be stuffed with green beans. 
The interesting addition of this is in the presence of my enemies. And some suggest that there's a little bit of derision, that, that David's looking at those who oppose him kind of sideways and, and sneering at them and saying, well, you may be against me, but look who's preparing a table for me. It's kind of like you ever get in a fight with a sibling and you run and sit by your parents and you know, do this. You know, you make a face because, you know, I'm sitting by mom and dad. None of of you ever did that, right? That that, that was something that I did. Some suggest that that that's what's going on here. That that David's saying, you know, I don't care what you say. Look at this. I'm right here with God. (laughs) But I think there's something a little bit more going on. I, I think what David's recognizing is that You know, you can walk with God and and be safe with God even when things aren't going as planned, when things are chaotic. And I think David's moving from that thought and he's saying, you can belong with God regardless of whether everyone accepts you or not. Can I let you in? on a little bit of the human condition. And I hear it often in the church. And, and I'm not condoning or saying it's right or that so-and-so did this or said this or doesn't like me. And so you don't feel like... Excuse me while I pick that up. You don't feel like you feel apart because of what this person thinks. Can I tell you, you belong regardless of what anyone else says. And I think David is inviting us to a more mature way of looking at that, looking at this, and looking at it like this. It's not about what anybody else says. It's about what God says. Can we be honest enough I'll be honest enough to say this. Oftentimes, one person can become everyone to me. Right? And one person's sideways glance or one person's stupid comment can become everyone's stupid comment. In this place. In this imperfect place. There is acceptance and belonging, but but I'm not even going to begin to say that it always will be, and it's always going to be universal, and there there will never be any issues or problems. Sometimes there is. Are you guys all happy and and that real positive? But isn't that the truth? Even, Even in the midst of my enemies, I can belong to God. And you can belong in this place. It's not dependent on anyone else. It's dependent on the God who gives you a place and makes you belong. Then he says, you anoint my head with oil. And all I thought would be neat was to get little cans of spray pan oil and let you guys spray each other's head. That would be kind of cool, right? 
Once again, David's using this, this imagery of the host. And, and it actually has even a reference into to, to taking care of sheep in that they would put oil on a sheep's head as a medicinal purpose to keep uh, bugs out of their ears and stuff. So it served a medicinal healing. Uh, you know, oil has a healing property, but, but it also had this imagery of um, like a king would be anointed with oil and, and they're being set apart for a purpose, for a reason, or, or setting things apart in the, for temple or tabernacle worship, and they would anoint it with oil to, to sanctify it, to make it holy. And this is something that a host would do for a guest. Remember the story, Jesus is at a Pharisee's house, and I believe the Pharisee's name's Simon, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. And, and Jesus is at this Pharisee's house, and, and the, the Pharisee does nothing to really welcome Jesus, but some lady comes and she, she washes Jesus' feet with her hair. And, and, and you know, they're saying, if they knew what kind of woman this was that was touching Jesus, if he knew who she was, if he was really a prophet, he wouldn't let her even touch him. And Jesus turns to Simon and says, you know, Simon, when I came into my, to your home, you didn't do anything to welcome me. You didn't anoint me or anything. And, and Jesus is making reference to this ideal that when a guest would come into a host home, they would anoint them with oil as a way of welcoming them. And I think there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful imagery in this. That there's this imagery of someone being, when they come into your home, that you're setting them apart as holy. There's this imagery of someone coming to your home and and you're anointing them with oil because you're blessing them with this ideal of bringing healing into their life. All of these images are present in this ideal of a host practicing hospitality to a guest. And David's saying, this is what God does for me. God operates as this perfect host And he says, my cup overflows. You ever been to a restaurant where where they won't let your water glass get empty, you know, and you end up floating out? See, I can't help but drink what's in front of me. (laughs) You know, so if they fill it up, I drink it. And so, you know, that's a bad combination when you have a waiter standing by the table. I think sometimes they do it because they think it's funny. Let's see how much water this guy will drink. But it's also the image of the perfect host that, that, that is filling your cup to overflowing and not letting it get empty. So what's David saying? God meets our need to belong. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter what you think about someone else. God meets our need to belong and there's something holy and there's something healing and there's something blessing in this God, who is our host, who brings us in as one of his own. Can we go a little bit further with this? I believe God wants to meet our need to belong through the church. Say, well, sure, you're the pastor. You get paid to say things like that. Before I was pastor, before I even had a thought of being a pastor, before, when I thought it would be the worst job in the world to be a pastor. We love the church. I want you to know that this isn't from a a pastor's heart. This is from a churchman's heart. 
That this is from someone who's been raised in the church, that this is all I've known. God wants to meet your need to belong in a local body of believers called the church. Marysville Church of the Nazarene is not just some haphazard organization formed by men. It's, it's not just some accident. It's just not another organization. But, but I believe this is an intentional place created by our God to allow you a place to belong. Now, I, I'm thankful that we're not the only place in Marysville. I'm thankful for every other church that's meeting today and throughout the week where God is meeting this deep need to belong that everyone has. Aren't you? Man, there is churches. The kingdom of God is alive and moving in churches throughout our community and we give him praise for that. But we believe in this place as well. That as we've gathered into this place, there's this physical reality, this physical place, this local church where it's God's desire that you belong. So I want to give you two exhortations this morning. The first is this, take your place. You want to belong? Take your place. Don't hold back. I've seen so often that that people will kind of put one foot in and there's something dynamic, special, holy that happens when we just say, all right, God, I know this place is imperfect, but here I am. This is an imperfect place, but something extraordinary Holy, significant happens when you just throw yourself in. You know, it is, and, and Jim, I, I didn't, this is not in my notes, but thinking about Jim and Evelyn, they've just thrown themselves into church. And something special happened, didn't it? Because you guys just threw yourself into a local body. You didn't belong to the church universal, you belonged to the Marysville Church of the Nazarene. And we belong to the church universal, but but this is a call. If you want to belong, there is an obligation on our part to just simply commit. To finally say, I'm tired of playing around the edges, I'm tired of looking at all the flaws, and I'm just going to dive in because I know I'm flawed, and they're flawed, and we make a pretty good team. My mom always told me, if you ever find a perfect church, don't go there because you're imperfect. (laughs) Take your place of friendship. What's the best way to make a friend? Be a friend. (laughs) Find someone that needs a friend and just be a friend. Send them a note, make a call, put your arm around them, find out what they're praying about and join them in prayer. Take your place of study. The Bible is meant to be read in community. 
Say that with me. The Bible is meant to be read in community. There, that, that is a communal book. It was written with that in mind. It was written with the ideal that people would gather around God's word and study it together. Find a Sunday school class. Find a small group. And, and we're constantly looking and working. We're not perfect in this. We know that. But we're trying and we it, find a small group, find a Sunday school class, gather around the word in family groups, find a friend, find someone to read the word of God together with. Take your place of service. What motivates your heart? What, 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 what gets the juices for, flowing in you? What, what do you get excited about? Find a ministry where you can serve with other folks in your local church and serve in that way. Nothing connects people like serving together. Have you ever been on a work and witness trip? Isn't it amazing on a work and witness trip the connections you make that are lifelong? There's something dynamic that happens when we serve with other people. If you want to belong, find a place to serve. Talk to Pastor Christie. Find a place that, that motivates you and begin serving with other people and find out if you don't connect. Take your place of worship. I, I probably talk about Sunday morning attendance. Have I talked ever about it here? Maybe once or twice? Um, I'm just going to tell you, we live in a weird age, and everybody should say, amen. We live in a weird age with regard to, to the importance we place on this gathering, and, and I, I'm not one to guilt. If you know me, I'm not one to guilt at all. You know, I understand, you know, I take vacations. There's family things that happen, but I believe in our churches, and not just this church, but churches in general, there's this growing sense of Take it or leave it. I believe there's something significant that happens when we gather around God's word together, when we sing songs together, when we pray together, when we gather in this room. This is not just haphazard, hey, how else can we do an offering? (laughs) But this is a way that we can gather and really truly belong. And so I guess what I would say is this. And I want to say this in the right way so it doesn't sound like I'm, I'm laying false guilt. Consider why we miss. Right? Is that fair? Somebody say that's fair, okay? Just consider. I mean, is it really an essential family thing? Or is it something that could be done some other time? Is it, is it really necessary? Or is it saying... You know, I really don't think that gathering is all that important. Now, if you're visiting with us, I never preach on this. I don't. I I think probably in my, Terry, how many times have I preached on this? Maybe once? Now, that was perfect timing. (laughs) And please turn your cell phones off. Secondly, make a place. Take your place, make a place. 
Say that with me. Take your place, make a place. Be aware of those around you who feel left out. There's people in our congregation. I want you to know that as a pastor, I hear this. There's people in our congregation that feel excluded. And I don't think it's because it's purposeful, but sometimes people just aren't as comfortable moving and belonging and becoming a part. So what I'm suggesting is be aware. Pay attention to, to, to those that, that maybe God's calling you to put an arm around and include them. Be, be willing to move out of your comfort zone to include someone else. We were praying uh, before service and uh, Sharon uh, mentioned she, in, in pr- her prayer time, she mentioned that there's going to be people this Thanksgiving that don't have a place to go. What if? What if you're having a Thanksgiving local? What if you purposely sought out someone that maybe was going to be by themselves this Thanksgiving and invited them to your house? Boy, that's not comfortable, is it? But do you think maybe that's something God's calling us to do? See and practice the significance of being a host. All the beautiful imagery that that we've talked about, this this healing, this blessing, this setting someone apart, practice, if you're going to take your place, you've got to practice those things. You've got to see people. I'm I'm the host and Jim's the guest. I've I've got to see him as special and holy and worthy of blessing and worthy of touch and in need of healing and all those things. You feel special? Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) Can we see people like that? See, this is what I like about the Psalms. Psalm 23 particularly. It's, it's saying, I, I want you to realize that you have needs. And, and instead of discouraging needs, it's recognizing needs, and, and it's evaluating where and how we're meeting these basic needs of life. We need to be fed. We need life. We need a sense of security. We, we need to belong. All these things are real. It's the reality of life. It's where you live. It's where your neighbor lives. God wants to meet you where you live. Do you see the significance of this? That God's not talking about some spiritual, ooh, way up in the sky, some pie in the sky thing. God's saying, you know where you live? You need life. You need security. You need to belong. And I'm going to meet you right there. You know where your neighbor lives? Your neighbor lives in an area where they need life, they need security, and they need to belong. And God says, you know what? I want to meet your neighbor right where they live. Stand with me, if you will. Our Heavenly Father, we um, give you thanks for this great song. For, for the Lord who is our shepherd, who, 
who, who meets all of our needs, who, who leads us beside quiet waters, who makes us slide down in green pastures, who, who, who guides us through the valley of the shadow of death, who guides us in the paths of righteousness, who prepares a table before me, who, who anoints our head with oil, who pours our cup to the point of overflowing. We're thankful for that kind of God. Lord, we're we're thankful for your your kindness and your goodness and your loving kindness that that pursues us. It's relentless, never stops. Invites us instead to stop and, and be overwhelmed by the goodness and love of our God. Help us, Lord, to live in awareness of that. Help us, Lord, to live in an attitude of thanksgiving because of that. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us this day as we come back at at five for an all-church Thanksgiving dinner. Lord, may we be aware of this awesome opportunity to belong and not only to belong, to allow others to belong as well. I love you, Lord. I praise you for your mercy in my life. And I pray, Lord, that you'll take this time. And Lord, if there's been anything displeasing to you, anything that's that's not to your liking or to your will, Lord, will you remove it? And Lord, will you you emphasize those things in our lives that that need to, to come into alignment with the realization of Psalm 23? And Lord, as we go from this place, make us aware that we go with you. We are not our own. We belong to you. And we live to bring glory to you. Give us that awareness. And Lord, as you give us guidance, may you give us a willing obedience to follow your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless.